Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. So this is fairy tale love. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to our podcast of uh, making a Disney fan. We are here to talk about Cinderella, 1950s classic animated film, pretty much the definite definitive version of the fairy tale, at the very least of. Yeah, that they just re-released on Disney Plus too. I noticed. Yeah, I just I just saw that they released like the 4K version. Yeah. So you know we're we're doing this recording right at the opportune time <laughs> to see it in it all its spectacular. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. No, yeah, it's like you can see it when you go to Disney Plus. It's one of like the main pictures that you scroll through now. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, it just got released. Yeah. All right, so. Here at Making a Disney Fan Podcast, we like to uh, assign names for each of our co-hosts and myself. Uh, So I am here with my co-host, Brandon, who I'm thinking about making you the Duke. Oh. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're kind of overworked and you... Uh, you know, you occasionally have, you might have a boss who just doesn't treat you all that, that well. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. It's just hearing some of the lines that he was saying and some of his reactions to things. Fair. I don't know. I could hear you saying some of those things like, oh, really? You had this idea of, of, uh, putting this, him in a room with all these women. And then he just like, oh, he'd look up. And there she is. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And then I'm also joined with uh, with Sarah, who I was thinking about making you Cinderella because, you know, you got a really nice singing voice. And, yeah, uh, that's one of the main things, but it's also oh, for a lack yeah. of... Of yeah. other characters in this one, and I didn't want to make you one of like, I don't know, one of like the sewing mices or mice or whatever, just or yeah, villainesses. I'm, I'm not very good at sewing, so that's fair. I did, yeah, I did. Fun fact: play a stepsister in the musical Cinderella once, though. Oh wow! Fun. <laughs> yeah. Did not know that. So, uh, and also, I give these guys a chance to say other characters that what they choose for the other two as well yeah so brandon so i i got sarah i figured sarah out um i thought she would be jack because interesting yeah because he's like always looking out for the other mice and he's like really smart and coming up with like plans to help and get them out of stuff like yeah that's how i got there and oh, that's uh nice. I like that. Zach, honestly, like I struggled finding characters in this movie. Uh, cause mm-hmm. there's not many, to be fair. Um, so don't be offended when I ended up 
falling on Gus Gus. <laughs> I'm not um, offended by Gus Gus. Gus Gus is one of the best characters. Uh, he's he's funny. Yeah. I can occasionally be quite bumbling and unsure of myself and overconfident. True. True. <laughs> you said it. Um, but yeah, that's 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 who I got. I got Jack for Sarah, Gus Gus for Zach. That's funny because I wanted to pick Jack and Gus Gus for you guys, but like interchangeably, <laughs> like it just depends so on what like you guys the, are doing. Like you did with Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah, a dynamic duo. <laughs> that's depends fair. on the day. You know, it happens a lot, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, I will accept that. <laughs> so. Uh, we're talking about Cinderella, as I already said. Uh, this is like the re-emergence of the Disney brand after their um, wartime package film era that we just so happened to skip over because as much as you know, it's fun to subject Brandon to the classic films, <laughs> I still wanted to keep doing this podcast <laughs> and having him try to watch Melody Time would probably, you know, be the end for him yeah i feel like i'm better <laughs> off not knowing what that is <laughs> yeah yeah the only fi- the only film that would even remotely interest you would would have been um, um the adventures of ichabod and mr toad because it mm-hmm. had the headless horseman sequence in it. yeah i uh to be fair i do remember watching that as a kid i had it on vhs and mm-hmm. that was cool that's the only one I remember. I didn't know it's from that time, I guess, but like I do remember watching mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And maybe at some point we'll do a mini episode just for that one. We'll see. Who knows? <laughs> All right. So now we're going to move on to our memories of this film. Um, I will start us off and talk about the fact that I had this one on VHS for as long as I could remember, because I was, you know, I was born in 1990, the dawn of the VHS era. So, yeah, it was just something that I always had. I really enjoyed it. But I have one specific memory of Cinderella from my childhood, because it wasn't even from that VHS. It was from a different VHS that we had, which was like a sing-along package. One, I don't know if, hmm. if you remember it, those at all, Sarah? Yeah. Yeah, this, there was like this this classroom of birds or whatever that were just like talking about like, Oh, here's this song and yeah. here's this song. And yeah, one of them was the... the, yeah. Follow the bouncing ball or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and there was this one. Yeah. They had the, in it, the, the working song. So, you know, Cinderella, Cinderella. Uh, and yeah, it's just one of those really good, Memories of ha- of just having that song more than anything. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's my my main memory now. Um, although a cool thing that that I have now with uh, Cinderella is I have this old record player in my in my apartment. That's like a wind up one. That's for single track records. Nice. And two of my records, or one of my records, has on two sides of Cinderella songs. But not from the not from Disney. It's just like covers of them. So there's like oh, okay. a dream is mm-hmm. wish your heart makes, and bibbity bobbity boop. So it's really fun, and this is like these are like songs from like this, this is records that probably date back to the 50s or 60s at least, or at the at the latest. So it's just really cool to have here. 
Nice. Yeah. All right. So, Brandon, you got you got memories of this one, bud? Nope. Um, like I knew it was in our VHS collection. Uh, mm. I'm sure I've watched it like a bunch when I was a kid, probably. Maybe my sister was into it. Who knows? But no, I got no memories of this movie. I knew what it was about still. Like I know what happens in it and stuff. I just don't actually remember watching yeah. it. Hmm. All right. That was a nice quick one. <laughs> uh, Sarah, <laughs> you got any memories? No, I just remember always knowing it. Um, and mm. I don't have any Daisy story either because she did not want to watch it with me. I had to watch it after she went to bed. Um, the uh-huh. only thing I was going to talk about was how I did the musical. Uh, it was when I was 13 and I had been mm. in, it was when I lived in Maple Creek and we did a community musical every year and I'd been it in enough years that I could have like a larger role at this point. So I was one of the stepsisters, but this is Roger and Hammerstein Cinderella, not Disney. So mm. the stepsisters are Joy and Portia, and they have a larger part in the play. Oh. So okay, it was very fun. I'm... I was Joy, who is the opposite of her name. So like <laughs> really like stubborn, pig-headed, angry all the time. Very fun to play. Well, yeah, because it's just not you. It's true. Well, I am really stubborn, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise. In, in the right way. Uh, you can ask my husband. He might disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually... I've never seen the the Rodgers and Hammerstein version. You should watch um, the one they did with Brandy and Whoopi Goldberg. And it's yeah, probably yeah. Like on that, Disney+. That, Plus. that one's on... It's a, yeah, that one was done by Disney. Yeah, I think, it's pretty so. good. It's basically the musical. I think they changed some stuff, if I remember correctly, but it's most mm. of the same music, I think. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. It's good. Rodgers and Hammerstein are great. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, yeah, that's just a known fact. <laughs> All right. So that was our memories. Now we're going to move over to Brandon for our newbie recap. All right, guys. What's up? It's your boy. Um, yeah, so Cinderella is just the quintessential Disney film. I think, uh, for its time, at least it's very simple. Uh, Cinderella's got an evil stepmom and two stepsisters who hate her. So they like kind of force her into slavery, I guess. Um, so Cinderella's like a slave and then this like prince comes to town and his dad wants him to get married. So he like hosts a ball to have all the women in the town come in to, you know, kind of like just pimp out his son, I guess. Um, but it, it doesn't work because he is like super bored by all of them, which, well, <laughs> whatever. Um, and then, of course, Cinderella gets like magicked into a good dress and a stagecoach and she shows up. And of course, Prince falls in love with her. They get married. Well, actually... She, like, runs out of the ball because it's midnight. And then she drops a glass slipper. Which, by the way, doesn't disappear with all of the other magic stuff. It just stays. Well, I feel like they kind of explain that when she gets back and the one she still has stays, too. And she, like, says thank you to the fairy godmother. It's, like, implied that her gift to her is you can keep these shoes that you had. 
Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the other shoe stays too. If I, the other does, shoe disappeared too, I'd be with you. Like the other shoe does stay. But like, mm-hmm. I just don't get, I didn't get why the shoes didn't disappear, right? Like if everything yeah. else goes away, mm-hmm. why did she keep the shoes? But I kind of just thought the thank you was just like a, like a, like, thank God she got away. That's how I took it. So yeah, I, I, I think didn't... she's, yeah. When I watched it last night or the night before, she like looks at the shoe and sees she still has it. She's like, thank you. It's like the fairy godmother's like, here's a memory of your night. Mm-hmm. Or fairy godmother knows yeah. what's going to happen. So she like leaves the shoes because of that. Yeah. Who knows? Okay, She's yeah, got no. the magic of Disney. So. <laughs> magic of Disney. Yeah. Well, the magic of fairy tales with this one. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So she drops a shoe that doesn't disappear with the magic. And then they like go on this witch hunt to like put the shoe on every girl in town. As if like no other girls got a size nine, you know, like <laughs> shoes aren't like. <laughs> custom you know they just come in different sizes like but sure and it works apparently no other girl in that village has a shoe size so they like try to put it on cinderella but the stepmom like breaks it and then she's like i got the other shoe and they're like you are the girl and then they get married and that's you know that's cinderella really that's it's and then there's mice it's yeah it's honestly i was just about to get to there it is honestly more so a movie about mice than it is cinderella like (laughs) if you took out all the mice in this movie i honestly bet it would be like 12 to 15 minutes long yeah like this movie relies relies on mice to be successful um which is which is fine um, they can only kind of talk, which is really annoying, to be honest. <laughs> like, why would you half commit to that? Like, if your animals are going to talk, have them talk. And yeah, you could be like, oh, it's a mice. It's not smart. But let's be real. It's the magic of Disney. They can talk if they want to. So, yeah. like, why do these mice only kind of talk? Everything they say is just not quite right. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, that's mice, mice problems, I guess. Um, something I thought was really funny is like this movie plays really hardcore into like pronouns and gender roles. Like I just, the one thing that comes to mind is the moment where they're like sewing up her dress and he's like, can I sew? And they're like, leave the sewing to the women. <laughs> like that's, yeah, it's a tiny bit cringe. Yeah. It's kind of like just ingrained in this film. Like women are. Like, yeah. yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Um, At least they made the men do the dangerous work. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Just fetching the stuff from the cat. Yeah, that's true. Um, the cat is a good thing to mention. They named that cat Lucifer? Yeah. Best cat name ever. Who thought that was a good cat name? <laughs> I do. Who's, I love that name on a cat. Like, who at Disney was sitting down to storyboard this thing, and they're like, you know what? Let's do a cat. And they're like, ooh, good idea. Let's put a cat, call him Precious. No. No. We call him Lucifer. The devil himself. Why? <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's, he's an asshole of a cat. Yeah, but yeah. like... Many of them are. Exactly. Well, <laughs> yeah, and I like that. I like that name. Like, um, 
like my sister one time had a cat, and this is well before Marvel and stuff that she that was that she named. Uh, it was named Loki. Yeah. So it's really funny because then like she she tells me that it's like oh the, you know my cat's name is Loki and I like look at her and just like the Norse god of mischief. <laughs> it's just like also so the- Lucifer is is a is a fun name that you can't really give a person. Yeah, that's funny. Um, we start the movie with a five like a five minute song about dreams and like how like if you dream mm. it'll become a wish that comes true or something like that and like all you gotta do is keep dreaming like that's the point of the song right yeah it's, it's, yeah it's essentially her, her w- yeah, yeah so, it's like her i want song yeah it's yeah. this like really long song about dreaming and then she goes downstairs and wakes up the dog and she's like Oh, I know you're dreaming about like chasing Lucifer. You better stop those dreams. Oh, and like, yeah, I I, like, I noticed that this past one It's just like, come on, Cinderella. Honestly, it's just no, like live by it. It's it's weird. She like stops the dog from dreaming. Like, I my biggest question about that part is where where exactly did Cinderella find it? Find what? The audacity, Zach, to tell this dog to stop dreaming after singing a five-minute song about I dreaming. I walked into that one, didn't I? You did. I wasn't sure if either of you were going to bite for a second. <laughs> I was like, did I zone out for a second and miss what you're talking about? <laughs> Perfectly set up, but it's true. I love it. She sings a five-minute song about dreaming, and then immediately goes tell, goes and tells the dog he's not allowed to dream. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um. Uh. So there's the du- not the duke, the king. I think the king is just a creepy old man. Like he is just yeah. obsessed with his son getting married. And like he wants children now, grandbabies. Yeah, because he wants babies, right? Like he, he's just so wrapped up in getting his son laid. It's honestly a little creepy. <laughs> I don't get it. And he throws this literally impossible ball. Like the ball looks fantastic, but in a day, in a day, he's like, just get it done tonight. Like everybody gets notified in a day and everyone shows up in a day. Pretty much this whole story takes place in like a day, by the way. Yeah. Um, you see, that is the, the thing. Like you remember my whole gripe with Fifel Goes West. Yeah. It's like, this is my gripe. Make it realistic time periods yeah, like, for these kinds of things. Like, oh, we want to throw a ball. Three days. Okay. Yeah, like that's that's even slightly more believable. I want to coin the term like Disney fast for things like this, hmm. where it's like there there is no possible way this could happen, but it happens because it's Disney. Um, yeah, it is. It's, you know, it's not, it's not as bad as you know, like Looney Tunes building things fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, um, so. Let's talk about Bippity Boppity Boo. Who wrote this? All right. This honestly sounds like I bet if you played it without music, it would just sound like an Adam Sandler SNL sketch. 
He's like, shibbly booga, shibbly booga, bibbity bobbity boo. There's no lyrics to this song. Like, none that exist. Like, how is this the standout from this movie? It's the only song I know existed for my entire life. Well, like, the, so- hmm. the, the, the song of this is A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. That's the one that... Bippity-boppity-boo uh, is not uh, its own song? Well, it is. Bippity-boppity-boo is big, but it's not the the big one. Oh. The big one is, like, the dream. A Dream is the Wish my, Your Heart Makes, because that one became the, the main stand, like, one of the big stand-ins for Disney itself. Oh. Uh, right there, like with uh, um, Pinocchio, uh, when you wish upon a stars. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I I would challenge to say that that's the reputation. Like the only song I know is Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. I will say, concur that Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo is definitely probably the way only up one there. most people could name. <laughs> like I couldn't name any other song I, from uh, this. A late, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for every, every man, the every man would more more likely be able to name Bibbidi Bobbidi yeah. Boo over the other one. But Again, why? This song is objectively terrible. They're like... They they don't even write words for this song. There's a few real words in there, but it's just like baby gibberish. It's it's a magic spell. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's, I it's feel a magic like just spell. An I do like to write like lazy. The... <laughs> like... Oh. <laughs> That is your opinion. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. It's just I don't I I don't understand Bippity Boppity Boo, but whatever. On that note, though, she transforms like a horse into a human and like these mice into horses and stuff. That must be terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Well, why do you think Gus Gus runs away at first? He's like, yeah. uh, heck no. Like, and the horse gets to be a man, and then all of a sudden he has to, like, witness himself turning back into a horse and getting, like, hooves and stuff. Like, that's kind of Well, thank goodness it was just, like, a poof and it's done thing instead of, like, you know, uh, American Werewolf in London uh, body horror film. I guess, but I kind of picture it like a Dumbo, um, like, turning into a donkey horror like that's Pinocchio oh that's Pinocchio (sighs) classics right Um, (laughs) so Pinocchio like I almost I almost Mm -hmm. picture it with like that much horror like that's got to be terrifying to like turn into a human and then back into a horse um we talked about why the shoes don't disappear I just want to talk about why why glass yeah, I. They're so. I'm with you on that, that. that is so impractical. Like, why so glass? So uncomfortable. Yeah, like she just like, couldn't give her like some like, I don't know, Jimmy Choo's or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> why glass? I have no idea why. I like maybe that comes from the original story, but again, why would they have done that? I mean, back when the original story was written, it was a long time ago, so they probably had less options for shoes, but I don't imagine they were using glass shoes then either. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, just, I just think it's very impractical. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I would not wear glass <laughs> yep. shoes. Um, I would like to discuss the fact that Cinderella is the, like, 
the apple of the prince's eye, like the perfect woman, blah, 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 blah. She's also the only blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman in this entire kingdom. Like, are we just gonna sail right past that? <laughs> like, I mean, then that makes sense. I guess, they did that. but like, <laughs> that prince straight up rejects a hundred women for not being yeah. Aryan enough, pretty much. Yeah. disney has since given a lot more representation (laughs) yeah that's i mean i'm really happy for that um but i know that's very noticeable like every other woman is a brunette or like a black hair or something she's the Mm -hmm. only blonde haired blue eyes and of course she's the perfect woman that attracts the prince i'm just saying little racist you know little Little racist. I'm just gonna suggest it. Just Disney drop racist? it down there. <laughs> no. Yeah. Never. Um, so there's that period where they come to try on the shoes, and the stepmother locks Cinderella upstairs, right? And then the mice yeah. steal the keys, and they like take like 20 minutes to get up this staircase. And then all of a sudden yeah. they look up, and they're like, "Oh, they have 600 staircases to go." But somehow, just they just got right up there. Well, and all this whole time they're trying on the shoes. It's just yeah. Like, it in the time ugh. it takes two people to try on a shoe that clearly doesn't fit. Also, the stepsisters are just like animated to look as gross as possible. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's really not fair. Yeah, no, it's whatever. But yeah, so the mice get up those stairs in like record time like they can barely Mm -hmm. hold that key how do they climb that much and then get cinderella all the way down in time to try on the shoe well cinderella getting down is a lot quicker but yes yeah how did they get up is the is the main point yeah and then anyway yeah yeah, she goes she pulls out the shoe the stepmother's like oh my god which actually is a really good shock face like oh yeah that's a good shot like i'm not gonna lie (laughs) um they get married they don't even know each other's names. Nope. Yep. Like, they just... He doesn't have a name. Honestly, he's just, like, blonde he's hair, blue eyes. No. Let's do it. He's Prince Charming. Just Prince oh, right. Charming, yeah. yeah. Charming. Like, That's his name. Doesn't... We never, ever learn another name for him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. The movie could be done in, like, 10, 15 minutes, I think, if you... If you just exclude the mice, like if you just talked like the human stuff, terrible. There is one, one last thing. I saved it for last because it is big. It is the thing that like practically destroyed this movie for me. Is Cinderella's dead ass eyes. She is dead inside. The animation, the mice have like feelings the mice have eyes everyone's got decent cinderella is dead inside cinderella's like talking about her love and you like you looking in her dead eyes and you know that that is someone who's tasted human flesh before like she has killed a man or six like she is dead well what do you inside. think happened to her dad exact that's what i was saying her mom <laughs> and dad she probably killed her mom and dad she is dead inside like i'm I'm looking at a clip right now because I ne- never noticed that. Every like everyone has good eyes and her eyes are just like all over the place and like she's either like on a like a 
boatload of drugs or she is dead inside. Like It might be a consequence of the heavy use of rotoscope. Maybe, man, like it ruined this movie for me. Every, I could see everybody else be fine, and every time I saw Cinderella, like she just, she looked like, like she it's... could see into my soul. Like she knew yeah. all every bad thing I ever did, and she was gonna kill like Ghost Rider. She was gonna Ghost Rider me, Zach. That is that is what that felt like. Her haunting dead eyes will like be in my nightmares for weeks. <laughs> I think it's because everyone else has black eyes and hers are like a like inhuman shade of blue. So it's like like I'm looking at it right now and she, it's the bibbity boppity boo scene and like the fairy godmother just has black eyes like with the whites of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like more like a cartoon but she, Cinderella it's just like so blue. And it's kind of mm, like the white She walkers. looks she looks dead inside. <laughs> Yeah, it's like looking at the eyes of the White Walkers. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost terrifying. It was it was quite distracting because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I felt like she was just gonna eat me, like eat my soul through the whole film. Like I saw evil in her eyes, like Michael Myers style. Like, yeah. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. Now that we've gone through uh, Brandon's horror catalog. <laughs> <laughs> that that is that is all I have. My biggest standing point for this film was like that girl has no life in her eyes. Like she has seen some things. <laughs> well, hopefully it's better by the next princess movie. Hopefully, yeah. Um, what is the next princess movie? Uh, well, it's Mulan technically, but oh, uh, the next classics is uh, is Sleeping Beauty. Oh, okay. Well, she spends most But that of... next classic Her princess. eyes will be closed uh, well, most of the film, so... Actually, now that I think about it, if you really want to go with an unofficial princess, the next uh, classic princess would be would be Alice. Yeah, she's not... Is Alice not princess. considered a princess? Nope. Well, she's oh. not a princess. I thought she was, like, a princess that, like, ran away on her castle and fell down a hole. And then, no, like, entered Wonderland. She's just a regular girl. Oh, She's just an up, upper class upper class English girl. Interesting, yeah. Um, sometimes people cut together clips from Disney movies and make like a horror movie trailer out of it. So I just was curious to look if they've done it with Cinderella. They They're d- actually planning a Cinderella horror movie. <laughs> you know what? They I saw this they movie and they at? saw the evil too, and they're like, "We have to do this." Yeah, like they every time. I think it's more. It's far more about the success of the Winnie the Pooh horror movie. Yeah. Every time a <laughs> Disney movie comes into public... Uh, domain. Whatever it's called. Yeah, public domain. It seems like they're going to turn it... So Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, now Cinderella's Curse. Apparently right. it was supposed to come out in October of this year, but I've not heard anything about it, so I don't know if that's true. I've never heard about it. Well, it's probably lower budget, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, well, Probably like a similar budget to Blood and Honey would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... I mean, Blood and Honey was say, literally had Winnie the Pooh right there, so it was much more of a of a press thing. Yeah, yeah. I will not be watching that movie. I'm Ever. I'm curious, but I have no real interest in it. Mm-hmm. That's uh oh, it comes onto your streaming platform. I I can maybe watch that maybe uh, yeah. kind of movie. All right, so that was newbie recap with Brandon. So we're moving on to my segment, which is deep dive. Disney. All right. So, um, 
first thing I want to talk about is uh, what I consider the the Disney ages, uh, which is like periods of time for the Disney animated films. Uh, we finished the Golden Age and then we skipped over the war uh, war films. So this is what I call like the beginning of the Silver Age of of uh, of the Disney films because the Golden Age is like an official designation for the first five films. Uh, so now this is what I call the Silver Age, and this one will okay. keep on going until, until, um, until Jungle Book. Okay. When with uh, which was the last film that Walt Disney worked on. Hmm. So that's a really good breaking point. Um, so yeah, and obviously Sarah's gonna go into the statistics of this one, but man, this one was a hit. So it's going to be awesome yeah. to to hear about that especially after even some of the uh, like all those the golden the golden age ones that which didn't quite hit very very hot mm-hmm. uh, even though they're highly regarded now yeah by people that are not Brandon <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah that's a really cool thing to uh consider with this one is that as much as I it's not one of my favorites now, but I was just happy that this this was a success. Um, thing I want to talk about is the love story in this one, and how it really is not a love story. It's just like it's that's why I introduced this as like so this is fairy tale love. Yeah. This is this is fairy tale love. This is not in any way, shape, or form a realistic love connection is just like ugh like Prince is just there he barely has any agency he even just like says I'll marry the girl that fits this slipper and just like so he's just gonna trust that the slipper fits the girl and yeah. he's just and then giving up his agency over the woman he's choosing to marry and just like oh maybe she has an you know maybe I just won't won't like the thing anything about her it's just like you don't know her. You don't know, like, if your personalities go together. It's just... Ugh! Yeah. And... Yeah, they dance. That's about it. Yeah. If it if it stayed at her wanting a, a positive memory for herself and maybe moving on, moving herself forward in her own situation... I could get behind it, yeah. but, and just have it be a happy moment that motivates her to continue to, and then do better for herself. That'd be a story I could more get behind in this context. Uh, so then that'll move me over to the villain and the abusive household that we see yeah. in this one. Cause holy crap. That is some serious abuse going on. Like, I understand it's a different, like, not even, like, 1950s, but, like, this takes place in a different time period as well where servitudes and stuff happens. Yeah. and is, But it's also important to know that people still do things like this. Yeah. To their children and stuff, like, make their children stay home and take care of everything and or something like that and make them do this or 
even like the um, what's going on now with modern slavery as well is that situations happen where where immigrant people are cornered and drawn into this lifestyle or whatever and it's just like it still is kind of inspirational how she can still remain positive with her dreams and try to still sing and then find her happy places with her animal friends and trying to figure things out and you know she even was able to like one thing i managed to catch in in this viewing was um she made like a little snide comment about her her stepsister's music lesson it was like she made like a big eye roll just like oh i might have to disturb their music lesson it's just like <laughs> ah, i see what you did there cinderella yeah and and so then that leads me to lady tremaine and I don't know, like, for a long time there, I don't, I didn't see her as a, a villain to fear, or like a scary villain, or one a memorable one for me in particular, but I guess looking at her from a real-world context, Lady Tremaine can be kind of terrifying, and, like, with her manipulations and just her threatening yet calm demeanor yeah and and quick thinking and manipulations with her daughters as well and because you know those daughters didn't get like that on their own no it's clear that it was you know it's the nature and nurture argument there is just like nurture is definitely a big part of it yeah so yeah, like, I guess just upon deeper reflection, she definitely has moved up a couple places in my villain hierarchy. And, yeah, that's, um... Uh, yeah, she is a more realistic villain. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, she has no magic or anything to yeah. her, or even even uh, stationary power. It was just she's the head of the household. Yeah. My question she's is, not... they make her so terrible how did she convince two dudes to marry her she's manipulative she probably knows how to turn yeah. it on <laughs> yeah like we didn't we didn't see the context of how her demeanor was with the with the males yeah i guess yeah. like she see like you could see her turn it on with the duke even at the end there where she's like be, trying to be a gracious host uh, towards him mm. and be kind and like oh how about we get you this and do you need a rest for a moment have about a cup of tea yeah so like she might like she's manipulative she might be able to turn it on and off and yes yeah she's... so and the, the that's my main thing about this movie and yes there is a huge amount of mouse filler in this movie yep and it works for a kids movie. It doesn't make it doesn't give it holding power for when you age. Yeah. I feel. Hmm. Like this is great for a 7 and under kind of movie for that aspect. But you go to a teenager and higher it just becomes Oh, okay. It's just Cinderella. Hmm. That's, that's the way I feel about it. Hmm. But uh one thing I have to talk about with this one is, well, with Disney's Cinderella, is how 
much I absolutely love the the live action version. Interesting. The the Kenneth Branagh version of this one from like 2016, I believe it was. Oh yeah. Maybe actually, yeah. Maybe uh, I forget the year, but it was this past decade. Yeah. With all the, it was one of the early Disney live action adaptations before they started spitting them out two or three a year. Yeah. Um. I really like the the Kenneth Branagh version, that they fix almost. Everything that I have to critique about this one, they make it, that one so much better. Interesting. Like they, uh, like they give the the prince and the and Cinderella a, a believable love story. They almost remove the mice entirely, and they get get Kate Blanchett as the evil stepmother. So that's just amazing. Yeah, I haven't seen it since it first came out, so I need to watch it again. It, I think it ages really well. Like it's honestly, in my opinion, it's in my my favorite or second favorite live action adaptation. Hmm. Interesting. Just because it takes it's one of the few ones that takes the source material of the animated film and just makes it better, much better, in my opinion. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's my advertisement for people to actually go and watch that film. <laughs> I will. In fact, even Evangeline specifically requested the live-action Cinderella at a certain point. Like, nice. do you want? Like, she's like, I want to watch Cinderella, and I try to pull out the animated one. She's like, No, 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 the live-action one. Because I I taught her the phrase live-action. Of course. Yeah, hmm. of course. Um. Yeah, so that is my deep dive on Cinderella. So we're going to move it over to Sarah for facts and trivia. Yeah. All right. So um, first thing, this story is believed to go all the way back to first century BC. Ooh. So it's very old. An ancient Greek geographer is said to have spun a tale about a slave girl from ancient Egypt whose sandal was snatched by an eagle, and when the sandals were covered by a king who admires its beautiful shape, he seeks out the shoe's owner and eventually makes the woman his wife. So it's cool. like rough basis. Yeah, um, but the more popular published versions were in 1634, 1697, and 1812, um, and the latter of those two, they're in different languages, so I'm going to butcher this, but Cendrillon, Cendrillon, it's French, by Perrault, and Ashinputel by the Brothers Grimm. And that mm-hmm. kind of gave more shape to what we actually see now. Um, yeah. And the name Cinderella comes from the French word Cendrillon, however you say it, uh, and that translates in English to Little Ash Girl. Hmm. Like cinders. I, I know that... I know that you can actually find like old like pre those ones you can find the remnants of Cinderella in old Chinese tales in like Middle Eastern cultures yeah, it and goes even back. in parts of Africa. Yeah. It's a very old story. Um oh, I guess this answers my own question we were talking about earlier. I forgot that I wrote this down. Um Charles Perrault introduced the glass slipper. So that goes back okay. to one of the original tellings. Okay. Um he also introduced the fairy godmother. Other versions have had her wearing a magic ring or magic 
gold, silver, or fur slippers. Fur slippers. That's probably pretty comfortable. Um, and sometimes the spirit of Cinderella's deceased mother is the fairy godmother character. If you watch Into the mm-hmm. Woods, they yeah, kind of touch yeah. on that. The mother is like in the tree. Um, mm-hmm. And if you haven't watched Into the Woods, you should because it's a fantastic musical. Um, but yeah. So but you have to be a bit older for that one. Yeah, it's not really a kid's story, um, but it's so good. Um, so when Walt Disney decided to make an animated feature starring Cinderella in 1948, it was like a huge risk. Um, as Zach mentioned, their studio wasn't doing great at the time. Snow White was the last hit they'd had in 1937. And at the end of World War II, Disney was $4 million in debt. And they all thought Cinderella was going to be a big roll of the dice for him. If the movie lost any money, he might have had to just stop making feature films and shut down Disney animation. Um, But it was a hit. So the dice roll worked. And obviously it worked well since Disney is still huge. (laughs) Um, Because of the hardships in the economy at the time, Walt Disney couldn't afford to pour funds into Cinderella like he had for Fantasia or Pinocchio. So instead, they shot the whole movie live action first and then used that footage um so like designing the sets assisting the animators they just like copied over it um and the animators didn't really like it because it limited them creatively but it worked um but it took them about two years to complete it because you know film the whole thing one way and then animate over it (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's a lot of work um so cinderella is the oldest Disney princess. She's probably 19 or 20. So like actually like a marriable age kind okay. of. Like yeah. people nowadays still don't really want 19 or 20 year olds to get married, but like it's more acceptable that she's at least an adult. Um <laughs> the next after her is Tiana from Princess and the Frog. She's 19. And then Snow White is the youngest princess at 14. Which That's is a obviously huge age range. That's no. where I want to throw in, like, the the non-official Disney princesses and just, like, aha, here's some that are actually, like, decent ages. Like, oh, here's Megara. Yeah. Megara? From Hercules, Hercules oh, Meg. okay. Yeah. Um, the scene where Cinderella's fairy godmother transforms her torn dress into a beautiful ball gown was Walt Disney's favorite piece of animation ever. Which, it's very beautiful, so. It is. It's really fair. And then, uh, as far back as Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which was in 1937, Walt Disney had wanted to have a scene where a princess and a prince dance among the clouds. They had briefly outlined that scene for Snow White, but then they cut it because Disney felt like it just slowed the film down. And then he, like, storyboarded a whole scene for Cinderella. There was a song that the voice actress performed called Dancing on a Cloud. You can actually find that song online, but they scrapped it. Um, and ultimately we'll see this because it's in Sleeping Beauty, uh, but <laughs> it didn't make it until then. Cinderella's stepsisters are treated decently well in this movie compared to the original stories. In the Grimm <laughs> Brothers story, the birds come and peck out the sisters' eyes. Oh, after their self-mutilation. No, that's a different story. In the Perot oh. version, the stepsisters oh. cut off parts of their feet to fit into the slipper. Oh, okay. So I guess... They, All those people probably things combined, com- combined those two. Yeah, probably. So, either they get their eyes know. pecked out or they cut off parts of their feet to fit. 
Ooh. Either way, pretty gruesome. Uh, not surprising coming from the Grimm brothers. Yeah. We, of course, have a hidden Mickey. Zach? Bubbles. Yeah. When Cinderella is scrubbing the floor and singing Sweet Nightingale, the bubbles that are floating through the air at one point, oh, they make yeah. a Mickey head. That was a very weird scene. It was like, yeah. suddenly the movie took some acid and it was like, we're just going to ride this out till the end of the song. Mm-hmm. But uh, they did uh, invent a, a sound mixing method with that one. That's cool. Uh, where all the voices are actually her, so voice over, over. Oh, yeah. yeah. It sounds very nice. Oh, yeah. It really works. Hmm. Yeah. But I will agree, that one is a really weird sequence I didn't really care for as much when I was a kid. <laughs> so, we were talking earlier about how, like, it's really unrealistic that they're finding her based on the shoe, because it's like, well, everyone... Like, there's probably tons of mm-hmm. women that have the same shoe size. Yeah. In fact, her shoe size is four and a half. So, she may be the only one with feet that small. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah very, very Why is her shoe feet. size so small? No idea. And I don't know, like, I don't think they touch on that in the movie. I don't know which story that actually comes from. But mm. it was in every single fun fact list that I found. So it's, I guess, a known fact that she had tiny feet. Okay. But that explains why the stepsisters cannot possibly fit their feet in her shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, the, yeah, the, the, the Kenneth Branagh version definitely uh, lights on that. Because, like, I think they show her wearing the same shoes she wore when she was, like, a little girl. Oh, interesting. Interesting. And that's like the camera actually focuses on those before <laughs> the magic. That's weird. Okay. Uh, back to talking about this one being a success. It cost them $3 million to make the movie. $3 million then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even more now. Uh, they earned more than $85 million on it. So nice. Pretty high return on investment. Yeah. Yeah. They got out of debt. Uh, <laughs> it really helped them out. As I mentioned before, Prince Charming has no name. They considered names for him. None of them fit. So they just were like, he's Prince Charming. That's it. <laughs> he doesn't need a name. And finally, Lucifer was based on the lead animator's cat. <laughs> so Disney animator Ward Kimball had a very feisty cat at the, ta- at the time called Feetsy. Like feet. I don't know why. While Walt was visiting him... Fitzy refused to leave the two men alone, which inspired Walt to have Kimball create Lucifer after his cat. So, hmm. that's where they got cool. Lucifer from. And then going into the cast, I did not list out every single cast member. I mean, it seems like there's not a lot, but there's actually a fair amount with all of the animal voices. But I only picked the ones that either were like a lead role or had other Disney credits. So, Eileen Woods is the voice of Cinderella. That's pretty much the main thing she did. Really? J- James McDonald is the voice of Jack and Gus Gus. He's actually done tons of Disney animal voices, including, at times, Mickey Mouse. Mm. He's, like, a big Disney voice. Eleanor Audley was the voice of Lady Tremaine. She's also in Sleeping Beauty. She's Maleficent. And okay. she's in the show Disneyland. Verna Felton is Fairy Godmother. She's in Dumbo. She's in Alice in Wonderland, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, The Jungle Book. So she's been around a lot, too. Hmm. Don Barclay is the doorman. He's in Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, 101 Dalmatians, Mary Poppins, 
bed knobs and broomsticks. So again, quite a few. Lucille Bliss is Anastasia. She's in Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, and 101 Dalmatians, and the other stepsister. There was nothing significant. <laughs> Um, I wrote this person's name down wrong. I must have autocorrected. Her name is something Darlington. I don't remember what her first name is, but it's not Mario, which is what my note says. Uh, but I was doing this on my phone, so I must have autocorrected. She's the voice of the birds, and she does the voice of birds in other movies. I'm pretty sure we talked about her when we did Snow White. Because hmm. she was the birds in Snow White, too. Earl, A really good whistler, I guess. Yes. Earl Keane is Bruno, the dog. He's also in Lady and the Tramp. Which is fitting. as a dog. I don't remember now. I didn't uh-huh. write that down, but he's in that movie. Uh, June Foray is Lucifer. She has three hundred and seventy-six credits to her name, and was in a lot of other Disney stuff. Mm. So I did not write it all down. Betty Lou Gerson is the narrator. She's in One Hundred and One Dalmatians, Mary Poppins, and this is not a Disney movie, but a movie that we've talked about: Cats Don't Dance. <laughs> wow. So I just thought that was kind Man, of Man, that's 40 years later. There you go. Or 45 years later or something like that. That's crazy. I guess if you're talking about like Golden Age of Hollywood uh, with that film. Yeah. Helen Siebert is a mouse. It They're literally just listed as mouse. It doesn't say which one. <laughs> I don't think they name the mice, really. Not very, no. She no, Not is, in the film. Yeah. She is not um, a voice actor. She's an animator, so she animated the mouse. She also animated... Or she didn't animate the mouse. Sorry. She's from the animation department. She a- was helpful for Melody Time, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Ben and Me, Lady and the Tramp, The Truth About Mother Goose, Sleeping Beauty, Donald and Math Magic Land, Goliath 2, The Sword and the Stone, Mary Poppins, Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree, The Jungle Book, and Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day. And she was... An inker and Xerox checker. Wow. Ooh, that's what it says on IMDb. I was like, <laughs> interesting. A Xerox checker. You just like stand at the photocopier? I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I honestly didn't notice what I was writing down until I got to the end. Because I was like, oh, wow, she's been in so many Disney movies. And then suddenly I noticed it said Xerox checker a bunch of times. And I was like, what kind of a name is that for a character? And then I read the heading on IMDb and it said animation department. And I was like, oh. Because mm. it always on IMDb shows you the thing they've done the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, this might be an autocorrect as well. It says Think Ravenscroft. That might not actually be this person's name. I should have. I have heard that name. It's, you have? He's, uh, yeah, Think? well, not, not, uh, Thurl. Okay. Thurl. Okay, uh, so it's autocorrect. Uh, Ravenscroft, I believe. I just think, yeah. think wasn't the right name. Uh, one of his most notable credits, uh, animation-wise, is the singing voice for uh, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Yeah, he's done lots of voice work. That's what I wrote down. Uh, <laughs> apparently, I need to really watch for my autocorrect next time. I was really tired when I was doing this. <laughs> and then Lucille Williams, also a mouse. In Man's Best Friend, Two Gun Goofy, and How to Dance, which are all like shorts, I believe. So, mm, sound like it. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. All right, <laughs> I got a cup, uh, just a couple other things here. Mm-hmm. Um, one fun little uh, tidbit that I like to talk about is um, with uh, the voice actors doing Maleficent and Lady Tremaine. 
I find the a really fun tidbit is the fact that both of them have animal sidekicks. Uh, Lady Tremaine has Lucifer, and Maleficent has the Raven. Yeah. And the name of the Raven, even though I don't think it's said in the movie, but it's it's listed as Diablo. Diablo. Oh, Okay. <laughs> so it's just like okay, we got a you got a villainous. We don't have enough uh, Satan imagery in this movie. Get it in there. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah, Sleeping Beauty. Oh my goodness. Uh, but yeah, that's a fun factoid that I like to say out there because I just think it's really interesting that the same voice act, same voice actress, similar ver- similar facial structures or whatever for the for the villainesses, and then they have both have animal sidekicks named after the devil. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing I looked up uh, was uh, when Alvin and the Chipmunks came were, were debuted, and they didn't debut until like '58, I believe it was. Yeah. So this was like eight years before Alvin and the Chipmunks. So it's just like getting those high-pitched mouse noises is just like this is probably one of the earlier ones for that kind of uh, film technique or sound technique. Okay. I'm. I'm sure that they've that somebody's done it before, but I think this is like probably one of the first mainstream aspects of it. Hmm. Um, another fact about this movie is uh, it was one of the first um, movies to have like uh, first Disney movies to have its movie soundtrack done with Disney Records. So they um actually like did like the full trademark as well for it and actually marketed it as like a full record of the movie album which okay. from my understanding wasn't something that Hollywood really did at the time for full like movie like full movie records hmm. it's um yeah they didn't really do very much in terms of the actual music from these from these things they might have done like just little bits in here and there for like other things, but not a full album for the film. Hmm. Um, one last fact that I that I recently learned was that the main actress Eileen Woods for Cinderella actually didn't audition for the role. Hmm. She Wasn't she a apparently did. Thing, was it? No, 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 no. It was uh, her friends. Yeah. She apparently had did some like recording for like like voice recording for something, and her friends sent it in without uh, sent it into Disney without telling her, hmm. and then just like, then they just offered her the role because her voice was right there, right, hmm. for it. And just like that's cool. And she apparently beat out like three hundred other actresses. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me something I didn't write down because I was like, we're not gonna talk about the live action, but we did so. Uh, mm. originally they wanted Emma Watson to be Cinderella. Oh. But she said no, and then she comes back later and is Belle in Beauty and the Beast live action, and I just thought that was interesting, and also I think she's way better for Belle than Cinderella. She is a better Belle. I just wish she could sing. I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. I liked it. That, that is an interesting factoid. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was. Lily Collins was great, though. Oh yeah, yeah, I love loved her, uh, L- Lily James. Oh, sorry, Lily James. Yeah, not Lily Collins. Lily, Those Lily are Collins was in the uh, was in Mirror Mirror for Snow Those White. Are very different people. Yeah, <laughs> they do not look alike. <laughs> uh, 
All right, so that was our fun facts and trivia. Uh, so we're going to move on to uh, some of our favorites and least favorite things about this film. So we're going to start off with favorite musical moment. I'm going to start off with Sarah. I like So This Is Love. It is a lovely uh, like dancing piece, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a nice song. I guess I'm not saying my favorite song right now, but I like that overall mm-hmm. so yeah all right so brandon do you have a favorite song or a musical moment in this film uh i'm gonna have to say bippity boppity boo but it's really? only because it's literally That's... the only one i remember i didn't like the music in this one <laughs> hmm. you didn't like the working song no no all right every time you say that it just makes me think of the one in enchanted that is true, and, you know, of course, Enchanted is taking it from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Enchanted is just based on all Disney movies. Yeah. Um, my favorite musical moment, I will have to say, is Bippity-Boppity-Boo, even though I, I do know a lot of these other songs from it. I still just love that song. Uh, it's just, it's fun to hear my kids sing sing it as well. Just randomly, like even without the music, it's just like they just start singing "Pippity Poppity Poo," "I Salakatoos and Wicked Poo," "Delivery Bobbity Boo." All right. So, uh, moving on to least favorite moment of this film, I'm gonna start us with Sarah. It's a hard. Like I don't. I'm not saying I love Cinderella a lot, but I don't know what I would pick as a least favorite moment because it's like a, just a pretty chill movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe like when the stepmother locks her away in the room because it's just like mm-hmm. watching her behind Cinderella getting ready to do it is like just kind of creepy and spooky. I will mm-hmm. also say when I watched this two nights ago, I did fall asleep for part of the movie and I've seen it before. So I, was mm-hmm. like, I don't need to rewatch it. But there are definitely bits of holes in my memory. So, mm-hmm. um, but I've been very sick, so I'm very tired. Um, but yeah. An- another pretty intense moment is when they're tearing apart the dress. Oh yeah, I don't like that. That's awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that too. All right, uh, Brandon. Um, I... what single moment is your least favorite? Oh, single moment. <laughs> I, I was gonna say just the I, the complete lack of plot was like my fit least favorite moment about this movie. All right, I can accept that. Like, <laughs> man, I I crapped on Bambi for being like 90 percent nothing and then ten percent plot, but this one's like worse. Like nothing happens. We watch mice do some mice stuff while they like mm-hmm. sew a dress, I guess. But like. Really, not much happens, and like the whole prince, everything just wraps up with like, oh yeah, they found the shoe, they're married now, we're good. Like, there's just mm-hmm. there's no actual plot to this film beyond like the short story you could tell someone in like ten seconds. Yeah, and that goes with like the the fact that it's like the definition of like a children's times fairy tale. Yeah. Like, that is what it is at its very core. That's what separates this Cinderella from other f- versions is that it's it's essentially something that I could read to my kids in twenty minutes, uh, ten minutes. Yeah. 
if I really wanted to for the full version. Like, what 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 you need to know. Yeah. My so that'll move on to me with uh, my least favorite moment is the quote unquote love of this story. Oh yeah. It's just like I just can't get behind this movie with the love or lack of what they attribute as love in this film is just like it's the same as Snow White go go for coffee or something yeah have a conversation they do have a conversation the whole montage shows them just like walking around talking I'm not saying Mm. that it's like still good enough but like they (laughs) they clearly spend a few hours together and go off and walk and talk and stuff yeah I don't believe in love like that like immediately Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. more than likely it's realistically lust not love um, mm-hmm. but attraction they, they, the montage shows that they do more than just dance yeah alright so moving on to most favorite moment uh, Sarah uh, I like when the birds and the mice make the dress I just it is a fun sequence cute and fun Especially with the oversized scissors and using yeah. the sh- the shoe to lift things. Yeah, I just think it's cute. I don't like the dress. I definitely prefer the one the fairy godmother makes. But, oh, yeah. And I like the transition into the fancy dress. I think that's, like, there's a reason why Walt liked that animation sequence so much. I think it's just very lovely. So. Mm. All right, so you love the dress stuff. Yeah. I say, like, don't assign me the women all the time, but I am a... A girly girl at times. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So Brandon, what is your most favorite moment? Uh I'm gonna say the cat the cat dying. Um Yeah. I just dislike cats. That jerk cat. <laughs> that's that's it. Alright. <laughs> I I you know what? It's on par for the course. Yeah. Alright. Uh my favorite moment would I like the whole fairy godmother sequence. Hmm. Like, I love how she's, like, rhyming as she's going with a lot of it. It's like, clearly, she, you know, she's a bit mystical with all this stuff. And it's just really... I just enjoyed it. Enjoyed that as a grown-up now. It's just, like, actually, like, watching it with the subtitles and seeing the verses hmm. as she's wa- as she's reading. And it's just like, oh, okay, now this one rhymes with this one, but it rhymes with that one back there. And just like... I, en- I enjoy that one. And then, you know, the the transformations are just fun and stuff like that. And, and you can see, like, the love that the animals have for her. So they're just like, oh, yeah, we'll do this for you because we love you. Cause, I mean, they yeah, don't consent to any of that, it. <laughs> that is my interpretation. But, yes, they, they, they don't quite consent. But And they're uh, going to end up with animal PTSD. I don't know how that works, but they're going <laughs> to get it. <laughs> Well, just oh, so so Brandon, you're very happy that Bruno got his got his dream fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Oh, that reminds me of like the moment where, beforehand when she's like telling him, just like, oh, you know, gotta think of the good things about him. Well, there's, there's, there must be something good about him. Yeah. Well, if she'd let him, he would get rid of her mouse problem. True, but she doesn't think of it as a mouse problem. No, she doesn't. But she's clearly a good mousing cat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because they portray him as like being lazy, but then he goes after the mice, so he's not lazy in that regard. Yeah. Honestly, my cat's like that. 
As soon as he sees a fly buzzing around, he's zipping around. Hmm. All right. So we're going to move on to our last portion of this podcast, which is final thoughts and a letter grade. Uh, Sarah, you want to kick us off? Yes, I do. Um, I think, like, Cinderella is just a classic, and it, like, kind of tickles the part of my brain that is, like, little Sarah that just loves princesses and fairy tales and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's certainly not, like, a perfect movie. So I would give it, like, a B, B plus, probably. Like, hmm. it's classic Disney. It's, like, you go to Disneyland, you see Cinderella's castle, all this kind of stuff. Like, it's just nice for a Disney fan, but yeah, there's mm-hmm. not, I don't love everything about it, so. Hmm. Alright. So, Brandon, final thoughts and a letter grade. Um, I would say it's, it's a classic. Uh, there's no real plot to think of. Could be done in like 10 minutes, the story probably. Uh, the love is terrible. And her dead ass eyes will haunt me forever. Uh, C minus. That's C- better minus. than I expected, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's better than what you gave Bambi. That's true. <laughs> you gave Bambi a full on F. Yeah, Bambi sucked. Let's just be real. <laughs> Let's call a spade a spade. Bambi sucked. Yeah. <laughs> but remember, Brandon. Remember, if you're feeling really insomniac. Put on Bambi. It'll do the trick for you. <laughs> I guess. Oddly enough, when I was younger, I used to use 2006's Phantom of the Opera for that. With Gerard Butler and Emmy Rossum. That, that would be... I, I know the film. Opera. Like, I loved that movie, and all the songs are, like, so calming that, like, if I really needed to, I would just put it on and then, like, roll over. So I don't look at the TV. I just hear the movie in the background, and I'd be able to fall asleep. It helped but it's with so insomnia. exciting. It's exciting, Ugh. but the music is so nice. It, it always so put me much. to sleep. <laughs> I had a hankering to watch it a while ago. Whenever Gerard... Oh, this is actually almost a year ago now, I think. Whenever Gerard <laughs> Butler's birthday was, because I was talking about him um, for a meeting at work, and mm. I don't own... Or I didn't own The Phantom of the Opera, and it's not available to stream anywhere. And I was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> My sister bought it for me for Christmas, so I can watch it anytime I want now. That's funny. And it is <laughs> what sparked my true love for Gerard Butler. Makes sense. Makes sense. I haven't seen that movie in years. He does a really good job acting in the, that one. He's not the best singer. Uh, I beg I, to differ. I think he's pretty damn good in that movie. He's amazing. Yeah. Also, I think it's very funny to watch that and then Shameless and see the contrast in Emmy Rossum. Emmy Rossum, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, yeah, he was just very different than the one I saw on Broadway. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's going to be different than Broadway. But, mm-hmm. oh, I love him. I'm team Phantom all the way. Get rid of Raul. He's a whiny baby. Patrick Wilson, like, whatever. <laughs> Go with the Phantom. All right. So, uh, for my final <laughs> thoughts and the letter grade of yeah. Cinderella. We are still talking about Cinderella here, folks. Um, it hasn't aged well for me this past decade. It was one of them that, that I enjoyed when I was a kid, but lately I don't enjoy it, especially when I have the live action to compare it to. Hmm. It's like one of those ones that I can see all the flaws now. 
hmm. when I see one that corrected the flaw those those uh, previously unperceived flaws. Yeah. So I'll have to give this one a B minus. Okay. Because there's just some stuff that I just can't really get behind, and it's not one that I really want to put on myself. Makes sense. All right, so we got to ask ourselves one final question. Brandon, after watching this classic film from 1950 of Cinderella, are you now a Disney fan? No. No. no this didn't do it. <laughs> Hold, stop the presses, everyone. That was definitely the answer we were expecting. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Sarah, where can our loyal and dedicated fans find us? They can find us on Instagram at makingadisneyfan.pod. Uh, please comment, like, DM, you know, all those fun things uh, because we like to hear from you. And you can also find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we also want to hear from you there. So talk to us. We like it. All right. So this has been our podcast for making a Disney fan. I have been Zach. TTFN. Tata for now. I've been Brandon. Until next time, America. And I'm Sarah. Just keep swimming. All of our artwork is created by Becca Riley. You can go find her on Instagram at Becca Riley Art, spelled B-E-C-C-A-R-E-I-L-L-Y Art. Our theme song was written and performed by Marcus Beveridge. You can listen to more of his music on Instagram at Marcus.and.Sarah.Music, performing alongside me, your favorite Making a Disney fan lady. We hope you'll come back for our next episode soon. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Making a Disney Fan. We hope to see you next time. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow.